0: Welcome to Trinity. Great to see you here this morning. We always love to have guests join us and we have a number here. And we've been having a number of guests for several Sundays. Make yourself at home, go out and get some coffee. Restrooms are over on this side, nurseries down here. You figured all that out by now. But we're really glad that you're here. And sometimes we have surprises from old friends. We have Bryant and Dawana Altizer and Geneva Webb with us this morning. From over in Radford, great to have them, and they, they're they special people in our lives. Uh, got to see Bryant come to know the Lord years ago, and we've had some special, special times together, so it's great to have them here this morning, and we welcome them. We're in a back-to-school series, and I'm feeling the pressure to wrap it up this morning, and I've got a lot of things to share with you. Don't know if I'll get through it or not, but I'm going to try, so... Uh, We're really glad that you're here. These are lessons from the life of Joseph. I heard Christian, a teacher, say, this was a week. We're praying for you, okay? We're praying for teachers. We're praying for administrators. We're praying for college students. We're praying for students of every age because we are in a challenging culture, are we not? Yet, God is there. Because God is good and He is God, right? And we're learning that from Joseph, and I appreciate the songs that go along so well with the message this morning, and let's get right into it. You can turn to the book of Genesis if you'd like, chapter 41, I'll get there eventually. Let me give you just a little bit of background here. The last 14 chapters of Genesis are dedicated to Joseph, so it must be pretty important. His life serves as a... Yes, thank you. Right on cue, too. Hope the rest of you are that excited. Two of us are, at least. Uh, Joseph's life serves as a bridge from Genesis to Exodus. David Jeremiah says that Joseph is the indispensable link between the 72 the family of Jacob, who entered Egypt, and the two million who eventually left. God literally saved the nation through Joseph's suffering. So if we study the life of Joseph and we learn about his suffering, we understand more than he did at the time, because all he could see was the next day and where he was, He couldn't see the future, but we have the advantage of Scripture of seeing the whole story. Isn't that wonderful? We can learn the whole story. And I don't know about you, but looking ahead sometimes, life seems like uh, it's dismal, maybe it's, it's a blur, you don't know where you're heading, maybe you're going through a time like that in your life, but when you look back, it's clear as a bell. And Joseph could say that, but we get the advantage of looking ahead. So I'm thinking Joseph must have wondered if God had forgotten him. He's in prison. His brothers have forgotten him, tried to forget him. Um, his friends have forgotten him, but God had not forgotten Joseph. My mom used to read books by Corey ten Boom. You heard of Corey Ten Boom? If you haven't, they're rich, you ought to go there they're from. Another era. But she was a Jewish girl taken captive and placed in a Nazi concentration camp. And yes, that really did happen. In her book, Triumph for God, Cori ten Boom describes what her feelings were like the day she was released from a Nazi concentration camp. And I quote, One week before the order came to kill all the women my age, I was free. I still do not understand all the details of my release from Ravensbrook. All I know is it was a miracle of God. The gate swung open, and I glimpsed the lake in front of the camp. I could smell freedom. Follow me, a young girl said in an officer's uniform. I walked slowly through the gate, never looking back. Behind me, I heard the hinges squeak as the gate swung shut. I was free. And flooding through my mind were the words of Jesus to the church at Philadelphia. Behold, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. I'm in Genesis chapter 41 this morning. It is a lengthy passage. Please Uh, Bear with me as I read through, but it tells the story so well. You can follow along. If not, you can just listen if uh, you would like this morning as I read. Genesis 41, then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river, and suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behind, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows, so Pharaoh woke up. He slept, and he dreamed a second time. And suddenly seven heads of grain came up one on, uh, on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads blighted by the hot east wind sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh woke up again and he realized it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief butler, remember him? He spoke to Pharaoh and saying, I remember my faults these days. this day. When Pharaoh was angry with me and his servants and put me in the custody of the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night... He and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him and he interpreted our dreams for us to each dream he interpreted according to his own dream. To each man, rather, to his own dream. Verse 13, and it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened, he restored me to my office and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothes, came to Pharaoh and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, and I love this, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And then Pharaoh said to to Joseph, he recounts his dream, in my dream I stood on the bank of the river, suddenly seven cows came up out of the river, fine looking and fat, they fed in the meadow, then seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such ugliness as I have never seen in the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the, the first seven, the fat cows. When they had eaten them up, No one would have known they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. So I woke up. Then I dreamed again, and suddenly seven heads came up on one stalk, full and good. Behold, seven heads withered thin and blight by the east wind sprang up after them, and the thin heads devoured the seven good heads. So I told this to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. The seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. The seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do, and here's the interpretation. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will be known in the land because of the famine following it. Pardon me, the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following it, for it will be very severe... So the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land may not perish during the famine. So, the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is, one, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and over my people, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I've set you over all the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, put it in Joseph's hands, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee!" So he set him over all the land of Egypt, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm Pharaoh, And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name, Zaphnath-Paneah, by the way, which means the uh, the one to whom hidden things are revealed. That's the name of Joseph's new name, the meaning. So Joseph went out all over the land of Egypt, He was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. How old was he when we started? 17. He's now 30. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. In the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land, laid up the food in the cities, laid up in every city the food of the fields that surrounded them, and Joseph gathered very much grain as the sands of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. He lost count. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asnath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On, bore to him. And Joseph called the name of the first- firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And then the seven years of plenty, which were in the land of Egypt, ended. Seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. The famine was in all the lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, uh, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. Whatever he says, you do. The famine was all over the face of the earth. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. I say Joseph for president. What do you say? (laughs) If only we had such discerning leaders who walked with God. Well, with the completion of Scripture, as I mentioned, we have some advantages that Joseph didn't have. We know some things that he didn't know at the time. And we look back as we look at Scripture and we learn some things. This is message one, okay? I'm going to give it to you real quick. The purpose of trials because John King covered this ground several weeks ago. But from... From New Testament Scripture, as we look back at the Old, and often God refers back to Old Testament characters when He reveals new truth to us and, and the new. And he, he shares something, and all these are in James 1. You can go right down through James 1, the first few verses. And we learn some things. We have the advantage of knowing some things that Joseph didn't know that he learned along the way. But we can learn them through one reading of one story. The first one is that trials provide opportunities. If Joseph hadn't been in prison, he would have never been brought forth to interpret this dream. That provided him a wonderful opportunity orchestrated by God, and he took it. Trials also promote spiritual maturity. We go from an immature, spoiled 17-year-old who uh, goes through the hard trials of life for 13 years, and look what happens. You know, he's now a mature man, he's learned to trust God, uh, and and Pharaoh looks around for a man to leave. He says, it's Joseph. And he calls him because he's a mature man. It also proves integrity. You know, when, when Joseph was confronted by Potiphar's wife, uh, he had a plan. We talked about that. And when he refused her, it proved his integrity. And he learned that as he went through that trial. Also, And by the way, this is where God wants us to start. Sometimes we have a hard time getting there, don't we? But hard times make us turn to God. Don't turn away from Him when you go through hard times. Turn to Him. And Then finally, trials prepare hearts for ministry. All the hard things that Joseph went through prepared him for this day. When he could stand where no other man could stand. Number two in the land of Egypt. Can you believe it? What a story. Only God could do that. And we look back and we see that God had been preparing Joseph all along. He's preparing us. On Wednesday nights we have a group of people who have been through some very hard things who meet here to minister to people who are going through very hard things. That's biblical. That's how God works He puts us through things so that when we come out the other side and we're stronger, we can look back and we can say, God brought me through that. And if He brought me through this, He can bring you through this. So He prepares us for ministry as He brings us through trials in life. Now, I I would say 90% of Christians have never learned these truths. Wouldn't you? You know, you have to be taught about who God is and how He works, but they're life-changing truths. If we learn these things, we begin to look with a totally different view of the things that we go through life in life that are hard. We want to avoid them all, don't we? We we don't like trials. We don't anybody like trials. I asked last week if anybody liked tests. Nobody took me. Anybody like trials and hard times? Well, nobody wants to go through them. But when we go through them with God's help and come out the other side, we're better. Well, that's message number one. <clears throat> now, Joseph must have felt like Corey Tin Boone the day he came out of prison. Can you imagine? Years, thought he'd been forgotten, but he began to understand that God has his ways of working in life. Uh, And only God could do this. The first 16 verses, I'll just quickly give you an outline here, reveal God's ways. God had a plan, didn't He? God's ways are far above our ways. Joseph would have never dreamed what God was doing. But while he was there in prison, God was working. He was doing something. He was doing something in Pharaoh's heart. And he was doing something in the heart of the Egyptians. He's also working in his dad and his brother, as you go on down. that But he's working in Joseph's life, and he's making him into a man like no other, who could stand in a place that no one else could stand because of God's ways in his life. And he brought him in contact with this Egyptian king, and uh, who a few years earlier was so arrogant, he was putting people to death, but now he has a problem in his kingdom with no answer. And God brought him to that point, and now he's bringing Joseph and he's bringing Pharaoh together. So, the the hymn writer wrote, God's ways are far above our ways. He works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that we have a God like that? He is working his way. What a turn of events. Well, the next section, 28 to 44, reveals God's wisdom. Only God could come up with a plan like this. And he's bringing it together perfectly. By the way, sometimes we have this discussion about the sovereignty of God and we say, well, if God's going to do something anyway, why should I be involved? Oh, don't forget that you have a part in the decisions that are made. Joseph had a decision to make at every turn with every trial and God knew the outcome but Joseph still had the responsibility to make the right decisions. So the two come together. There's no confusion in heaven about God's way and what He wants to accomplish, but sometimes there is on earth because we talk too much. And we think too much sometimes. Not that thinking's a bad thing. Learn to think for yourself. Dig into Scripture. If you got something you want to talk about, talk to John. He'll talk to you. I guarantee you. He loves it. But... God's accomplishing His will, but at the same time, Joseph is making human decisions, and the two come together perfectly. They're on parallel tracks, and we see that clearly in this, this story. And sometimes it's a matter of timing. You know, I, I pastored a church in North Carolina years ago, And there were four or five men in that church who were giving up in years who had never come to know the Lord. And so I began to pray about that. We began to pray about that. And it was just a timing thing. It was just God's timing. People had been praying for some of these men for decades. I mean, as long as they could remember. You know those prayers that you pray and you... You kind of forget about them, then you pray again, You forget, and you're, in the back of your mind you're still praying because you trust God, but you're beginning to think, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. In a matter of six weeks, we had four or five men over the age of 60 who were saved. And I could tell you the details, but it was, it was timing. You know, it was relationships, it was a point in their life, and uh, as... As I watched God work, it, it was just god 's timing. you know he, he, it was his will to save these men as it is to save everyone, but there 's a human decision involved too and sometimes we come to the point that God gives us a problem that we can 't answer, and the only thing we can do is fall on our knees and turn to him. that was pharaoh, and we see god 's wisdom in how he worked in pharaoh 's heart so god 's way linked up with God's wisdom, and the last part of this passage, 46 and on, revealed to us what God's will was all along. You know, Joseph would have never dreamed it would turn out this way. Although, God had given him a dream, hadn't he? And now it's fulfilled. Now they're bowing down to him, so uh, God did have a purpose in his life, but Joseph had to make all the right to see. You know, he could have ruined... Uh, the, the dream with one bad decision in his life. And by the way, if you have, there is grace. Thank you for that last song. So don't feel like God's finished with you. He's not. He's not. But Joseph made all the right decisions and so can we as we walk with God and we watch Him work in our life. Well, it's an amazing story. Let me tell you what happened in Egypt. God was preserving his people in a protected environment. The nation of Egypt, where they could multiply, they could flourish until he took them into the promised land. He turned 72 people into 2 million. This is looking on down the road. For 400 years, they would grow into a nation. God brought Joseph out of prison and promoted him to the position of prime minister, number two in the land. But don't miss this. He was also making the right decisions all along to be used of God. So it was God's will and man's choices coming together to accomplish the will of God. God was also predicting the future of Egypt. They too would be preserved by this dream and the preparation that came from impending danger. This terrible seven-year drought was coming and without the information that Joseph had, they would have never survived. They would have been wiped out. So God gave Joseph the ability to interpret Pharaoh's dream so he could propose a solution to the problem. And it was after Pharaoh had had exhausted all of his resources that the butler remembered Joseph, and they brought him out of prison to interpret the dream. Isn't that a great story? People say the Bible is boring. You just got to open it up and read it. And by the way, we're just in the middle of the story here, if, if in the middle... So he promotes Joseph to the number two position in the land. And even his evil brothers, two nations, and the world are being blessed through him for God's glory. Now, that's message number two. Here's where I want to try to apply it. So how, what does this have to do with me? Well... Do you really want to be used of God? I wouldn't think anybody in here would say, no, I really don't care to be used of God. Although, somebody might feel that way right now. But He wants to use you. You want to be used like Joseph? Well, you can be. You know, your life is just as important to God and where He has placed you is just as critical in the day that we live as Joseph's. Life You say, how can that be? Well, he's put you in a culture much like Joseph's. The more I read about it, the more I realize that, you know, the, these cultures, this culture shock that Joseph had is much like what you're walking into on college campuses, walking into at, high, at, at the high school, wherever you are as students and teachers and administrators, and you're like, I wonder what's going to happen today. God puts you there for a purpose. He puts you there for a reason. He's using you if you will allow Him to use you. You may be like Joseph and you're looking ahead and you're thinking, how in the world am I going to get through this school year? Well, don't think like that. Think every day, what would God have me to do today? And you have some tools at your disposal. What did Joseph have that you really have? Well, Joseph had a dream which was recorded and became the Word of God, but you have the whole Word of God, right? We have the whole Word of God at our disposal. From beginning to end, we can sit down in a few minutes and read this whole story, and we can be so much wiser when we finish than we were when we started. If we'll just take it to heart, believe God, and say, Lord, if you did that in Joseph's life, is there any possible way that you could do it in mine? Of course he can. Lord, look at, look at the situation that Egypt was in. And we look at our nation, we think, can God possibly turn things around for His glory? Or well, whether He turns it around or not, it's going to be for His glory. So we should say to Him, so be it, Lord, You do Your part, and I'm going to do mine. And we're going to see these two parallel tracks come together in Your will. And we'll say, Amen. Right? Amen. So... Joseph had a dream, but we have instruction from God. Uh, Joseph, more than anything else, I believe, wanted God to be glorified in his life. Is that true for you? Is that true for you and me? That my life, the most important thing in my life is that God be glorified. You know, that puts it all in perspective. Whether I suffer or whether I don't. Whether I struggle or whether I flourish. Whether uh, I go through hard times in life and sometimes it's like the grapes of wrath. Don't ever watch that movie, by the way. It never gets any better. (laughs) But sometimes God does turn things around and it does get better. Joseph set out to glorify God and that's why he used Him. But this is very important. There were many times that Joseph had to yield to God. I'm sure he had his own ideas. I'm sure he had lots of conversations with God and said, Lord... If I was you, I wouldn't have done it this way. You ever have those conversations with God? Lord, why are you doing it this way? We have to yield to Him. We have to say to Him, it hurts, but if this is for your glory, I'm willing to go through it. Lord, it's hard. I have no friends, there's no one that comes alongside me. Well, God's there. Sometimes he takes all the props out so that we're forced to turn to him, and in his timing, we see God break through in our lives, and we look back and we say, Boy, I am so glad that I trusted him and I yielded to him during all those times. But most importantly, Joseph obeyed God. You know, there are times in our lives when we make a choice do I obey God? Or do I do what I want to do? In fact, that's a daily thing, isn't it? You know how to turn that around? Get up in the morning, get on your knees before God and say, Lord, what would you have me to do this day? You know, I've got all these plans. And I'm going to go through my day and I'm going to carry out my day. But feel free to interrupt at any time. Feel free to bring people across my path. Make me sensitive to them. Feel free to open my eyes and and show me things that no one else can see in the position that I'm in so that I can fulfill Your will and so that I can come through this challenging time in my life and come out the other side and look back and say, God was with me all the way and I walked with Him all the way through. That's what God wants for our lives. And if you really want to be used of God... We can learn from this story in Joseph. So we're not so different from Joseph, are we? And some of you are thinking, well, I'm a lot older than he was. But you still have challenges in life. Some of you are thinking, this is right where I am. 17 years old. Satan wants to destroy my life. But I'm not going to let him. Because I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk with God. Remember the steps? Make a plan. uh, Avoid the scene, leave the scene, never compromise, and make God a promise. Wherever you are in life, you can say to God, I want to walk with you from this day forward. And by the way, there was at least one man in the Bible who did it. What was his name? Enoch. He walked with God every day until God took him. So we know if he could do it with God's hand in his life, so can we. So, here's the challenge this morning as we wrap this up. Give your life to God because He can do more with it than you can. Would you say that's a pretty good summary of Joseph? He had a a dream. All these plans. Very real to him. Some of those plans Plans got dashed in the beginning. Joseph had to learn to to listen to God and trust God. And as he did, it all fell into place. God's desire came together with Joseph's choices. And in the end, God's will was accomplished and God was glorified. I want you to bow with me this morning, okay? Here's where the application comes with your head bowed. Eyes closed. We have a vast age group here this morning, which is wonderful. But the message is the same to all of us. Here's here's the opportunity. Here's the challenge. What are you going to do with it? Wherever you are in life, whatever you're doing, whatever you think you're not doing, God has a plan for you for His glory. This morning, you're sitting here thinking, how do I fit into this plan? Well, here's how you fit in. He wants to use you in a great way, probably greater than you ever dreamed. You may be at the the most uh, fearful time of your life. That's a good time to turn to God. When you don't know the future... That's the best time to turn to God. But you may be a little farther along in life and you're thinking, God, this is not going like I thought it would. Well, that's a great time to turn it over to God as well because that's when you need Him the most. And maybe you're later in life and you're thinking, you know, my, my years are moving on. I'm not influencing everybody. Oh, don't think that way. You might be amazed who's watching your life. You might be amazed who God brings across your path. And you might be amazed at people who want to know the secret to your life and how God has kept you through all these years. But it begins with a question. Do I really want to be used of God? Can I be used of God? Absolutely. But right where you sit this morning, a couple of questions. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't even know this God. If you're watching us online this morning, you've never come into a relationship with God through Jesus, His work on the cross for you, you have no part in the wisdom of this God that we're talking about. But it's available for the asking, for the receiving, for believing, for saying, I want to believe this God, I want to believe what He says, and I want to trust What he says brings me into a relationship with him, which is the gospel that Jesus, who was God, came, died, went to the cross, took our place, was buried, our sins were poured upon him, and he arose again the third day for our salvation. I want to receive that. That's where you begin. But maybe you did that years ago. And this morning you're thinking, you know what? I need to return, I need a new start. Or there's something in my life that that has forced me to come to the point that now I need to turn back to God. Or I've matured enough to realize, Lord, you can do more with this life than I can. And you can, in your heart this morning, tell Him, Lord, here's my life. Here's my life. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you for your glory. For I know that you can do more with it than I have and that I can. I want to pray this morning. If you have a need in your life, see one of us after service this morning. We won't give a public invitation today, but John's here, I'm here, other people are here, lots of people who would love to pray with you and help you. If you're here and you've never been saved, see one of us or see someone that you know. Or if you have something in your life that's difficult, you need somebody to come alongside you and pray with you and give you some wisdom, we want to do that. Father, thank you for this wonderful story of Joseph. It thrills our hearts to see how you can take the impossible and make something out of it. And it also uh, thrills us to see that You were at work all along and we didn't even realize it. Joseph must have doubted. He must have said, where is God in all this? And at just the right time you show up and you bring him out of the pit and you exalt him to a great position of influence. Only you could do that. And you did it for your glory. Thank you for Joseph. Thank you for the choices he made that show us and if He made those hard choices, so can we. So for Your glory this morning, we want to be used of You. We want to be used in a great way, not in our eyes, but in Your eyes. And as we walk into this culture that has gone completely crazy tomorrow, we look forward to what You're going to do in our lives as we yield to You. In Jesus' name, Amen.